0: try to like note down how these feelings are feeling, like how do they make you feel? Where do they originate from? You can almost start to see like a bit of a pattern. And the more you do that, the quicker you are at noticing how they arise, why they're arising, why you feel this way, and then just letting them go as well. So that had been like a really big thing for me is to just try not to like, my entire life have been running. Like my entire life have been, A part of like running or numbing myself to not feel whether that's been through food or like you know moving to another country or like drinking when I was younger it's like we live in a day and age now where there's so many numbing things around us that we choose those instead of setting through the suffering and the pain which is actually what is going to help us grow as human beings and becoming more loving and compassionate towards others and towards ourselves as well.
1: To Retreat Yourself Radio, I'm your host, Kate Williams. I'm a personal trainer, certified health coach, and founder of Retreat Yourself. If you're looking for a healthier, happier, and more fulfilled life, then you've come to the right place. Each week, I'll be diving deep into what it means to live a life well lived, holding thought-provoking conversations with some of the world's most inspiring people, leaving you with actionable tips, tools, and takeaways so that you too can lead a life well lived. So grab a cuppa, sit back, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time to begin your journey to your most incredible life. Hello, everybody. I hope you're well and enjoying 2020 so far. I am feeling so inspired after interviewing the amazing and insightful Caroline Groth. For those of you who don't know Caroline, she's a life lover, a yogi, a Vedic meditator, a mental health advocate, and she's also studying health and has recently started her own health coaching business. She's a self declared health nut and is living in Bondi Beach, Australia. Caroline is passionate about helping people find their own path to health and happiness after battling with her own demons such as cancer, disordered eating, and depression, which we talk a lot about in this episode. She started sharing her experiences with health and wellness on her Instagram and her blog, where she is very open about her life. Everything she shares comes from her personal journey, which is honest, relatable, and so brave. I have absolutely loved chatting to Caroline. She is just so insightful and has so much to offer the world. And I just know that you're going to get so much out of this episode. Please remember to tag us online so I can know where you're listening from, and I really hope that you enjoy. Hi Caroline welcome to Retreat Yourself Radio. Hi thank you so much for having me. Now I was just saying to Caroline before to everybody listening that this is our first time doing um, a remote interview and I forgot to press the record button so third time. Awesome. So basically with uh, this podcast, you know, a lot of people that we interview are experts in their field or they've got some form of name for themselves. Maybe they've got um, a following on Instagram and life looks pretty good. And I think to a lot of people listening, that can seem kind of out of reach or, or maybe a little bit intimidating. So I always like to start the podcast by asking a question to kind of bring everything back down to earth. So I wanted to start off by asking you, what is your quirkiest quality?
0: Oh, my quirky is quality. I don't know if it's a quality, but I am quite um, OCD about my home and sort of having things in order and uh, keeping a clean home. Like if you ask my boyfriend, he'll probably say that I'm a bit of a pain to live with. <laughs> He's <laughs> definitely had to um, step up his cleaning game and just picking up after himself after moving in with me. So I'm quite OCD and like a bit of a perfectionist about how I like my things in the home and I'm not an easy person to live with um, when it comes to that. So I suppose that's a bit of a quirky thing about me that I'm very easygoing, like outside and free-flowing, but when it comes to my home, I've got everything like in a certain order. So um, I'm quite um, OCD with that.
1: Yeah, but I suppose that's better than being
0: messy. (laughs) Well, I
1: think so. <laughs> My partner's a little bit like that as well. He likes everything to kind of be in their order and in the right place and I'm quite messy. So, yeah, I can, we're probably the opposite opposite way around. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. Awesome. I suppose it's good. Like it balances each other out, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yin and yang. Yeah. You need the opposites for sure. Absolutely. So... If somebody was to ask you what you do, because obviously, you know, um, following on along on Instagram, like you're a Vedic meditation teacher and you've, you're very much ingrained in the wellness industry, I'd love for you to explain what you do in your own words.
0: Yeah, sure. So um, in my own words, what I do, I'm sort of transitioning a little bit more. Um, and recently, really, like in this new year in 2020, I, um, for about 12, 13 years of my life, I was in a corporate job and in a corporate career doing digital marketing and e-commerce for some very uh big names and big businesses globally and uh I always thought that was going to be my thing and I was very happy doing that and uh then some things came in over which we're going to talk about um, soon but um, it made me change my life direction and so um, I got into Instagram when it started back in the days and and started sharing my experience about health and and wellness and uh, that sort of grew over the years and, and for the last sort of Oh, coming up to almost three years now I've actually been doing that full time so I suppose you can say Instagram and my website my blog I've been working together Amazing. with brands that align with myself and my philosophies around the world and how to live um but as I mentioned recently I've I've also started taking a turn because I've been studying health and so I will be starting taking on clients in the new year to sort of help with their health goals and there'll be um a big emphasis on um, health but in a different way because I think health is a lot of different – there's a lot of of different ways what makes up health as an overall arching sort of umbrella. And I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. when you say health only thinks about diet and exercise. And I like to challenge that and say that it is so much more than that and that is actually at the bottom end of the funnel – so I'll be working with clients in the new year, which is now uh, taking on that. So my, my life has sort of evolved a lot. But as I am as a person, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. So I do a lot of things because that is how I keep myself um, challenged as well. And I love to do a lot of different stuff all the time. So I do a lot of bigger, different things, but health and wellness and sharing that with the world in however way I do it is sort of what I do for a living, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I love that you you do that as well and you've kind of carved your own path and just, yeah, I think I, I've kind of been similar in the way that you just like follow what feels right at the time um, and, yeah, that's awesome. And what you're saying about health and wellness is absolutely like it's, we absolutely align with Retreat Yourself and our ethos and everything that we believe in as well. I think the world's slowly changing, like the wellness industry is growing absolutely. and and that really shows that people are changing. But there's still a long way to go so it's awesome that you're going out there and um coaching people I'll definitely put your your website and your details in the show notes as well so that anyone listening that wants to talk to you about that can also reach out to you thank you so much so, also while you're talking I've noticed that you've got a bit of a hint of a Danish accent can you tell us <laughs> a
0: little bit about life yes. growing up and I try to um, I try to not have it because I do want to sound as Aussie as possible. Um, but yeah, no, I did. I do have a bit of an of an accent. I do feel like I don't have too much anymore, but. People definitely pick up on it sometimes. I've got a bit of a twain with some words in particular. Um, yeah, I grew up in Denmark. I just turned 30 in October last year and I moved here just a few yeah. weeks before my 21st birthday, so back in 2010. So this will be my 10th year in Australia. Uh, moved straight oh, to Bondi and never left. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I am the epitome of the Bondi bubble. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Denmark, which is an absolutely amazing country to grow up in. Uh, living in Australia and seeing the differences of the two worlds, I do feel very blessed and fortunate to have grown up in a country like Denmark. I don't have, you know, the study debt that a lot of people do have. Where because in Denmark we get everything for free and when I say free obviously we paid in different ways we do have a really high tax um we pay yeah. 50% in tax as a bare minimum so but we do just have a really well-oiled country that is very much looking out for everyone. Um, you know you're never gonna be dropped you're never gonna not have a home uh, and even though the times are changing, I do still feel like Denmark is a very, it's a very safe country to live in. Uh, it's a very small country, it also, which also makes it um, able to be what it is because we own, we don't have that many people in the country, but. It was amazing to grow up in Denmark. I come from a family uh, of, I've got a mum and a dad that are still here and an older sister. Uh, my parents broke up and split when I was about eight years old, and that sort of really catapulted me into a lot of the stuff that I still deal with today. You know, they went through a really bad divorce, and mm-hmm. um, I was somewhat caught in the middle, and from being, from later finding out later on in life and really sort of diving into myself and figuring out that I'm an empath, that I'm a highly sensitive person, you know, it all sort of makes sense as to why I was struggling so much through the divorce and how my sister just seemed to not really put any of that stuff in her backpack of life, you know, and, then mm-hmm. what well, God, that's now 22, 22 years later, I'm still, I can still feel things that draw in me of those traumas that I still relate back to. So yeah, it was, it was pretty tough. Yeah. Like that definitely started me onto my road of um, depression, um, anxiety, mental health issues, um, uh, you know, getting into bad relationships that really questioned who I was as a person, like how I look like, body image. So it was a bit of like the first – drop in a cup of water that was gonna overflow
1: with a lot of really bad stuff from a really young age. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of a lot of people carry all of us really carry baggage from from when we're we're children. And I think we take so much more on board than than people give children credit for, like, you know, going through a situation such as your parents breaking up. It's it's so easy to kind of take that on board. And it's amazing though that you're now so reflective and you've been able to look at that, you know, thirty years is still so young i'm 33 i'm 33 so i'm a few years older than you but it's <laughs> like we're still young i like to think we're young anyway and yeah. it's like you know the fact that you've already done so much self-development and you're already like have progressed so much is is really incredible what made you move to australia when you were 20
0: um Look, I think if you would have asked me when I was twenty or twenty one I felt that I had the entire world figured out, but it 's funny the the older I get, the more I realize the less I actually know about myself and the world and 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 everything really i think I think we come here to actually unlearn all the learning that we're being brought into our lives as human beings, but Um, To answer your question, I think back then I was just, I'd been to Bali in 2010 in January and I got home that year to finish my bachelor. Uh, I've got a bachelor in in marketing and brand building and it was my last half a year in school before I was free to go out and do whatever I wanted to and pursue my big dreams and I came back from Bali and I, prior to that, uh, was diagnosed with depression when I was about 15 years old. And back then I was living on my own. I, was, I bought an apartment when I was 18 in Copenhagen, moved out of home then, and uh, I was sat on my couch coming home and I just felt so depressed. I was so sad and remember looking out of the weather. It was like minus 15 that winter. It was so cold. It was so – we were snowing in. It was really cold. And I thought to myself, I was like, I can't do this one more day. I can't do the getting up, going to school, coming home working a job, working another job, paying off a mortgage, going to bed and then doing the same thing over and over. I was just like a hamster wheel and I was like, it is just not bringing me any joy. Like people would look at me and think, but you've got it all. Like from an outsider perspective and on paper, like I had it all. And living in a country like Denmark is very much like you should be really grateful for what you have and it's fine what you have. Like you shouldn't be wanting more, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got everything you want. But it just yes. it was just something within me, like I just felt so unfulfilled. And I think yeah. looking back at it now, like literally 10 years later, I realise now where I'm at in my life now, I realise that the reason why I had those feelings was the first bubbles of this like awakening within myself, I think, of actually really coming to yes. terms with that there is more to life than this human body. And it was my soul that yes. was starting to like blossom and really being like hello, I'm in here, you know, and these are why I'm giving you all these triggers because I want you to act on them and they're only going to keep being more and heavier until you start actually doing something about it. And so literally uh, that day, like I called my mom and I was like, I'm going to move to Australia. And she was like, no, you're not like you just bought an apartment, you know, a year ago. And I was like, no, 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 I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll just put it up for rent or something. And she was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And, yeah, I finished my school like half a year later and then in October, two weeks before I turned 21, I sold everything I had, the rest I put in storage on my mom's attic and packed 25 kilos, said goodbye to my parents in the airport and just never came back. <laughs> <laughs> and so, here you are. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: that's amazing. I think to have that kind of that realisation at such a young age is – so incredible and I, I a lot of people I think when it comes to anxiety and depression they see it as is kind of such an like it is obviously at the time it's so hard and it's so hard to manage but like you said there's so much it, it is an awakening like there's so much that you can take from it like what is your anxiety and depression and your pain trying to tell you and and you were able to kind of use that and make some decisions to move to Australia and better your life because of that I think that's that's really awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: No, yeah, I think you're so right, yeah. And you speak so openly about anxiety and mental health through your social media pages and and everything like that. Is that kind of, was that the kind of catalyst to go down the wellness journey? Was it like, you know, now you're you're studying health or do you kind of just realise that health is a holistic picture? Like tell us a little bit more about your journey with health.
0: Yeah, so... Well, what really spiraled me into it, sort of being on the journey that I am now, was when I moved here when I was twenty one um, in two thousand ten. In two thousand twelve, so I was diagnosed with lymphoma, so oh, wow. that was like a, a huge blow to yeah me as being such a young girl, being in a country on your own, mm-hmm. feel like being you're being presented with the. Making a choice of do you want to stay down here and do this or do you want to go home and be with your family? What's the like? What do you want to decide for yourself? And I think when you're back in so 2012 would have been 22, just before I turned 23. Like that's a it's a huge choice to make and also like a huge health um like burden to be like put on top of you. And it actually totally. took me probably about a month or something like three weeks before. I my brain caught up with that I was actually sick. Like it took me a while mm. for all my emotions and brain and everything to just like interconnect to be like, wow, I'm actually really sick. Um, yeah. But I made a conscious choice to stay down here because for me back then I felt like that if I made a choice to go home to Denmark and be treated and everything, to me on the inside, it felt like saying goodbye to the life that I really wanted for myself. And Mm -hmm. so it also felt like, well, if I can't have this life that I feel like my soul is longing for, as harsh as it sounds, what's the point then? Do I want to live a life that I don't really want to live but still live in a human body or do I want to try to just do it down here and see how I go? And I was really lucky. It was called a really early stage and I had, like, a really good, great group of friends around me that was, like, super supportive and obviously, like, my family was, as, you know, we're lucky that we've got Skype and all these things today. Like, we can sit and do this and, you know, you're in a different city and I'm in a different city. And and even though it's not the same as human connection and touch, like, being with my family and my mom and dad and my sister and everyone, you know, every day or every second day was just as good. And that said, I didn't have the same relationship with my parents that I have today. Like, there was a lot of hurt and anger from that divorcement and, like, uh, what they put me through that really this entire health journey have helped me overcome. So so really to answer your question, that's sort of like what followed me onto this health journey was that, you know, I got sick with cancer and I was sort of presented with a choice of I felt like that I needed to change my life in order to get better as well. So it wasn't just getting treatment. It was also looking after my mental health. It was also eating better. It was, you know, exercising in a more profound way it was slowing down. It was just really looking at my whole life as, like, a really holistic aspect of also what toxic people do I have in my life, like what is not serving me, mm-hmm. what am I doing with my job. So that was really what got me onto this sort of health and wellness journey and, um, you know, that's really why I'm here today, I think. like My mental yeah. health really took a beating from being sick, like it really – it's only in the last maybe like five years that I can really start to step out of my body and see how much it was affecting me mentally and how much I just felt like I was a bit of a shell that was trying to fight something. But really for me that part was how hard it was on my mental health and how much, how depressed I was going through that as well And, Mm. and diving into um sort of being uber healthy and, and, and fighting cancer and everything, I also started being really obsessive about food and everything that I put in my body had to be extremely healthy otherwise because I was so scared of, like, making it worse. I was so fanatic and so, like, focused on that. It had to be of the best produce and I couldn't eat too much because I'd read these studies and all these things and it just took overhand um yeah, yeah and it really spiraled me into also when I came out of treatment that I had like a really warped um view on diet and it sort of kept like snowballing and snowballing and snowballing and you know in the years later then I was like faced with like another big demon which was battling eating disorders like bulimia anorexia mm-hmm. binge eating uh, m- mixed with depression mental health uh, body dysmorphia. So it was almost like going from like one huge like demon to like the next one, which almost felt worse because it was all in your mental health. Like, you know, if you break your arm or break your leg, you can go to a doctor and get a cast put on it and it'll, you know, our bodies have got this amazing um power that it heals itself. But with the mind, it's just we know like the tiniest bit about the mind and like how everything works and there's so many Mm -hmm. intricate ways to it and it just felt so hard and I felt so alone and I could just I was just spiraling more and more down and like my lowest weight I was like 37 kilos or something and I was just like skin and bones so so really like that entire past really like summed up really quickly is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing today because I am so passionate about trying to help people out of all the suffering that I know that I went through so yeah that's like a really like short snippet answer to to that yeah
1: yeah and there's so obviously so much to cover yeah. in in what you just yeah. said but <laughs> yeah you obviously had such a Phenomenal, cr- crazy journey. And yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense that you've gone down the, the health and wellness path now. It's funny what you're saying about being, you know, when you experienced cancer and you were like a, a shell of a person, but you didn't really realize till afterwards. I feel like when yeah. people are going through that kind of uh situation you don't really realize at the time just how much it's impacting you and before you know it it's kind of yeah. snowballed into something more uh which is obviously what happened with the the disordered eating and everything yeah. so yeah that's um yeah pretty pretty full-on and amazing that you've come out the other side just so healthy and you're able to help people and again like what we we're talking about before about the anxiety and depression like as much as it's you've been through such heartache and it's just been so hard but it's given you the the passion and the inspiration to be able to help other people which is incredible
0: yeah Yeah, thank you what
1: when you are kind of experiencing I'm sure that you you do go back into moments where you are experiencing anxiety and things like that what would what are your coping mechanisms to kind of help you get through it
0: yeah absolutely I am I think from what we're talking about I also want to you know emphasize that I'm by no means you know like a person that's like I've ticked off a box and being like I never get anxiety or like I never get down days and I never experience like depressive moments and stuff like that because I very much do but I think once you've had that like you're saying like you find tools that can help you when you are in those periods of time in your life because I think it is important to know that we're never going to have a life that's just like smooth sailing like just like we started the podcast, it's like there's a yin-yang balance in the world, and that is literally how the world runs, that there always must be a balance between the two. Yeah. And that means having really great days and also having really crap days sometimes. But again, yeah. when you have those really bad days, it is really helpful, especially for people that are that are more sensitive and like prone to a depression, like myself, to have tools that can help you. And I think for me, you know, the big step for me in helping me um, deal with my mental health and really taking, if you can say so, like a bit of a spiritual approach and spiritual journey to understanding how the mind works in understanding who I am as a person and how I'm not this body and how I'm something much more than that and how the body works together like chemically with your mind and and how we are not our thoughts. But it's just like a constant thing that keeps going in our head because that is what we've been taught when we came here to earth but for me with those things like it's not really I think prevention is always better than you know putting out fires when it sort of gets there so I think if you can create like a really beautiful routine for yourself and and some examples that really work well for me is that you know I became a Vedic meditator um almost three years ago now, and I meditate in the morning and I meditate in the afternoon. And don't get me wrong, like there's often where I don't get my meditation in the morning because I'm busy, but I can feel on myself when I have my meditation and spend those 20 minutes of stillness with myself where I can just mm-hmm. notice my thoughts come and go without me doing anything. I can come to a place where I can separate myself, Caroline, is who I am from my thoughts and the feelings, knowing that they're not me. And if I sit with them and give them enough space to pass, they will pass at some point. But I think we as human beings have also been taught in this life to get rid of stuff that is uncomfortable. So we'd rather Mm -hmm. like fix something, like we're fixes, right? So, you know, if someone comes to you, like a friend is like, I'm sad. It's like, you want to fix them because you don't want them to feel bad. But there's actually something really beautiful in sitting through suffering and feeling that pain because it's just an emotion just as happiness is. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that we as human beings have also labeled feelings and emotions a certain way. And so we have like negative and positive connotations with that. So I think it's like stepping away from that as well and being more. And gentle with yourself as well. And trying to also sometimes challenge yourself of being like, okay, I'm feeling really depressive today. Um, you know, instead of running away from it, try to challenge yourself and be like, I'm just gonna try to sit here on the couch and feel what shows up for me in this moment. Like try Mm -hmm. to like note down how these feelings are feeling, like, how do they make you feel? Where do they originate from? You can almost start to see like a bit of a pattern, and the more you do that, the quicker you are at Noticing how they arise, why they're arising, why you feel this way, and then just letting them go as well. So, that had been like a really big thing for me is to just try not to like my entire life have been running. Like, my entire life have been a part of like running or numbing myself to not feel, whether that's been through food or like, you know, moving to another country or like drinking when I was younger. It's like we live in a day and age now where there's so many numbing things around us, that we choose those instead of setting through the suffering and the pain, which is actually what is going to help us grow as human beings and becoming more loving and mm-hmm. compassionate towards others and towards ourselves as well. So um, I think we just need to stop also Making it sound like there is something wrong with sitting in a deeper train of thought and actually experiencing all sorts of emotions across the entire scale.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head, and it's just totally the society that we're in is yeah. It's all about escapism and and finding things that stop us from feeling. So alcohol yeah. or drugs or yeah. Sounds like we've had a very similar path, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and so totally. Yeah, vibing with what you're saying. Yeah, just about you know the the drinking and the the eating yeah. and stuff the disordered eating. But totally, it comes down to awareness, doesn't it? It comes down to being aware of your thoughts and being able to identify them and not not become part of your thoughts. I think. Yeah, um, absolutely. What you, what you think isn't what you are, um, and taking some time to sit and just be aware of them and acknowledge them, and then let them pass. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I mean, I get it. it's not you know it, it, I'm, I'm wary of you know I listen to a lot of podcasts and sometimes when you know people talk about certain subjects, you know they always make it sound so easy and by no means am I saying that this is an easy task but I think you've got to start somewhere and the more you do it the more you become acquainted with the process and the more comfortable it becomes and the more you can step out of yourself and and look inwards and like see the sort of um, like the way you sort of operate in so it's just with everything in life it's like practice makes perfect in a way you know the more you do it the easier it becomes so it's just about persisting and sort of like try to keep doing some things that can potentially help you in the long run and be preventative as well
1: absolutely it's a journey really at the yeah. end of the day it's yeah. it's a journey, and everybody's journey is different, and everybody's experiences are different. But uh, I think ultimately, the more yeah connected that you get to yourself, and the more you're able to identify those thoughts that don't serve you or those self sabotaging thoughts, the the better um, your life will become, or the more tools you'll have to be able to manage them.
0: For yeah, sure. absolutely, yeah.
1: With your followers online, obviously you've got quite a, a good um, following on Instagram. People obviously love what you do and, and really vibe with what you do. Um, how do they react to when you share these types of t- types of moments? Are they uh, really supportive? Yeah.
0: Look, I feel so blessed from having uh, attracted and vibed in or like pulled in such a great audience because I do really have the most supportive women and men, mainly women following me, um, mm. when I open up about these vulnerable um, parts of myself, my past and my current situation, it is just ex- like it's accepted so well. Like people are so um, kind and loving and compassionate with you. But I also think it sort of spans back to in a way of that it is really when we are at our most vulnerable that we really grow. And it is in our most vulnerable state that we are our most pure pure beings. And so I think when one soul presents themselves in a really vulnerable and bare space, it allows other people to be vulnerable too. And that's really mm-hmm. where I think like magic happens. And that's really where we evolve as human beings and people and come together. And yeah, so I think, you know, this saying about, you know, shining your own light. By shining your own light, you allow other people to shine theirs too and I think that is so true. The more we cultivate love and compassion and vulnerability, the more it will be cultivated around the world and I think, you know, that's definitely one of the things that I try to do with my platforms and really try to be vulnerable and also pushing through the fear of it. You know, a lot of people always say to me that I'm so articulated and I'm so... um, brave to do that and like how I just do that and I think a lot of people probably don't know that I'm actually quite an introvert uh, Mm. and I'm quite shy and I'm quite um, I've got a lot of fear but it's funny because all those things also the things about me that I know is the reason why I'm here on earth to push through those and so I use those Mm. platforms to help my own self-development and push through that and I'm just really fortunate that I've pulled in a really amazing audience and community that are so supportive of my own self-development as well. So,
1: yeah. Because mm. especially with, you know, social media gets such a bad rap so the fact that mm. you're doing such incredible things and you're right, like when you when you open up about your pain and your situation, it really does give other people and it also makes other people realise that they're not alone. Exactly. A lot of the time with anxiety and depression and stuff, it can be very isolating and you can feel so alone. So to have somebody like you that a lot of people, I'm sure, look up to sharing your journey is just, yeah, so helpful. In one of your blogs um, that I've seen online, you talk about your mental health journey and you speak about a clear path of connection to your true self. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean about this?
0: Yeah, so I think... One of the things that I was talking about before, how we sort of like self-numb ourselves as a society through whether it's TV or social media or food or drugs or alcohol, whatever it is, like there's always the next thing where you can numb yourself with in order to not actually pursue truth within you and the connection within yourself because Uh, sometimes it can be really uncomfortable you know there can be like a lot of trauma buried underneath there and and it might not be something that you want to deal with and if you have like a conversation about it you know consciously consciously you might not know about it but subconsciously there's probably a lot of stuff that's still trickling in towards that and like affecting the choices that you make in life and the choices you make around yourself and stuff like that so when I talk about the true connection it's really you know doing these sort of, if you can say self-care, having like a bit of a self-care routine in a way that for me involves, you know, meditation, because I think that's the truest form of self-connection that you can ever get. Um, You know, it can be something like deep breathing like breath work as well. Yoga, yoga is just, you know, a lot of people think that yoga is an exercise form, which very much is too, but really it's, all about finding your true connection within yourself and finding your higher self and connecting with yourself through movement and and this practice. You know, it's the yoga is really a way of living, which I think a lot of people probably don't know as well. Um, so it's like having these things um, in place for yourself. But another big thing I think as well is you know the food and how we treat our bodies. So. You know, there's like I always from coming from a from a disorder from a pastor disordered eating, I my key word is balance. Like there's mm-hmm. gotta be room for everything. If I wanna have chocolate, I will have chocolate. If I wanna have a Tim Tam, I'll have a Tim Tam. Mm-hmm. You know, but my 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 way of living is also that I want to treat my body as uh healthy as possible because I know the healthier I am in my body the clearer the signal I will have in my body as well so if my brain is foggy with sugar rushes and like you know heaps of processed foods I don't have the same connection to myself I'm not I'm not able to dive as deep into my meditations as I am if I have you know a big nourishing green salad or something or you know if I drink water instead of like you know fizzy fissy waters or something like that. So it's just really finding that true connection with yourself. And I think that's really where health comes in as well, in that Mm. a lot of people take health and diet as we do it because we want to look a certain way and we want to live longer. But I think people should be challenged in the way of thinking, Well, we are keeping healthy because we want to have a clear connection within ourselves. And that is what a shell of our body is helping us with if we are treating it right. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it really sounds as though you've switched your focus of eating for aesthetic changes to really eating for how you feel.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm still, I also think there's a balance of like being human. I very much, I can still have thoughts about, you know, my body and how I look at it and, you know, possibly will probably always have a bit of a, distorted view on like how big I am or how small I am and stuff so I do think there's also there needs to be room and and time for also being a human because that is also what we're here for to be on this earth right so it's just it's finding the balance of not letting it take over and I do think that the the most pressing you know not issue but the the most pressing thought should be how am I feeling in my body and how am I how can I eat to help my body serve me better on my path on this earth to live out the purpose that I have for myself or whatever it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what you're saying about connecting with your true self and, and still being a human, obviously every day we're being served from social media and marketing mm-hmm. and television. We're being told that we need to look a certain way and we need to be a certain way and we need to act a certain way. and You know, we're basically being told to be anything but ourselves. So, Connecting with your true self, I suppose, really brings you back to what's important and reminds you that to not get swayed by all of that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's there's nothing wrong with wanting to take care of yourself. You know, like I love skincare because I like to feel good in my body and I like to have nice skin and I get facials and you know and I train and I like nice things for myself. But I think, again, like the key word is just finding balance of like not letting your ego wanting these things and let your ego rule it for you or, you know, if you do these facials, whatever you do, do it because you want to do it for yourself. Don't do it because you feel like you need to be or look a certain way to fit in into society. Um, I have no um, no issue with people doing things as long as they do them for themselves, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. When you do your coaching, or when you're you're starting to do your coaching now, is this the type of thing that you you help people through as well? Is it mainly like do you you help people with you know what they're eating as well as you know giving them meditations to do and all of that kind of thing? How does it look with your your teaching your training?
0: Yeah, so it really depends on what my giving client comes to me about like they might have different areas of that they want help with but definitely a lot of them come because they want to just have better health in general i think my role comes down to also understanding that there is more to health than diet and exercise and Mm -hmm. health actually already trickles in when we have the very first thought in the morning or you know the practices that we start our mornings with you know what we tell ourselves um the choices that we make for ourselves throughout the day, not just what we put on our plates, what we put in our food or soda, sorry, in our mouth. It also comes down to the relationships that we keep with ourselves and with others, our career, you know, our stress levels and our spiritual relationships as well. So it's really like a bit of a holistic view to wanting to better your life in a lot of different areas. And once you really start focusing on, you know, a spiritual path, the relationships around you, also your career, whether it's making you happy, whether it's serving you, um, the relationship that you have with yourself, you'll be surprised that when you do all these things that are like sitting around up in your head, how much that actually impacts you, the choices that you make for yourself when you put food on your plate or whether you choose the hot dog or you choose the salad, you know. So it's all about we really choose what we eat with our feelings. So it's changing those feelings to become more positive within yourself um and being able to judge out from that what you need in any given moment and also learning to listen to your own body. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's so amazing. It's so good and it's so true. Like it it absolutely is a holistic picture. And where are you studying, by the way, if you don't mind me asking?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm studying at a nutrition school. So they're based in New York, but as you and I are doing, everything is online these days. So I have lectures online um, and you yeah. module every single week. So I'm doing that and I've just been loving it. Um, I've been very fortunate. I chose that school because – They have a lot of both spiritual and health leaders uh, giving lectures, which I really just love. Like there's so many knowledgeable people out there that is really uh, changing the world when it comes to functional medicine. You know, functional medicine and having very much been through Western medicine, uh, there are areas where I think Western medicine is very much needed uh, and I don't uh, regret my choice of receiving medicine and treatment when I was going through cancer because I do think okay. there is a time and, and need for that. But where I think it falls down is that, unfortunately, we've also learned now that if you just take a pill, you can just cure everything, but they're curing the symptoms and not the cause. And that's really where I think we need to go way, way back and look back to when we use food as medicine because it really is medicine for our bodies. It's, it's sad to see sometimes how people don't believe in that, you know, it doesn't matter whether you eat, like, a masa or you eat, like, a carrot. If they've got, like, the same calories, it's equals the same thing, you know. yeah. And yeah. it's sad to see that. And I, and I also just think it's because a lot of people don't know how it feels to feel good in your body. If you feel good in your body, you don't want to go back to feeling crap, right? But mm-hmm. a lot of people have been fed a certain diet from when they were a kid, have had maybe some allergies or some intolerances, and because we now live in the day and age, or we're so lucky that we've got all these lab testing and everything that done that can actually show you whether you do have issues, whether it's like with your gut or whatever. They don't understand how it can feel different because they never felt anyway different than what they do now and so I think that's also part of my role as a a health coach is to understand that there is a better life to be lived if you want to put in some effort in learning new things new mechanisms and a way of life so yeah
1: yeah, that's amazing and there's so much research coming out now to show that anxiety and depression are so closely related with diet and you see it time and time again. People transition to a healthier diet where they're eating more fruits and vegetables and all of a sudden their anxiety starts to subside and they start yeah. to have more confidence and, yeah, it's um, it really is. And the Western, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Western medicine definitely has a time and place but there needs to be that holistic stuff that goes on in the back end because it yeah. really is and it often is a Band-Aid solution. It's like, here, take this pill and yeah. that'll fix it for now, yeah. for now rather than figuring out the root cause.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of the things even, you know, for example, like people that have got gut issues or that have got um, autoimmune diseases, like they have originated because your gut microbiome isn't working and that's really where it originated. And that could have started from having... Ten times of antibiotic rounds before you the age of ten, you know, so it's destroyed. You've got a microbiome, but what people understand is that they think that that is what is going to cure them, but really it was what caused the issue in the first place. And exactly. I'm not saying that this is the case with every single one of them, but there are studies to be shown that a lot of the autoimmune diseases aren't actually genetic. Um, it's actually caused by how we live and like what we feed our bodies and 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 everything around us and what we put in our bodies, not. Uh, not from how we were born,
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, antibiotics are a funny one. I'm actually taking them at the moment for, for a tooth infection mm-hmm. and I was in such a battle about it. It's like, do I take them? I know that I need to clear the infection, but I know that it's going to tear up my guts and I made the decision to take them in the end because... Oh,
0: absolutely. You know, I would, and they I would do have done the exact same, yeah. I think you, you definitely, to, this time is time what we're time. talking about, there's a time and place for it. Like, it, it can, there's nothing, I'm not... Um, I'm not like bagging antibiotics or, you know, medicine. It's just like you just got to look at the situation you're in, right, because something like you've got, of course, you need antibiotics for that and can be super helpful. What you just want to remember is that when you take antibiotics, you're going to be killing some of the good bacteria in your gut, so you want to like supplement it with like a really good um, probiotic treatment or at least make sure that you take your probiotics like Two hours before you take it with your antibiotics, so they don't actually kill the good bacteria. So it's just it's just being smart about it. We're all going to have to be going through getting something in life, or we have to take antibiotics or something. And I don't think that should be a question. I question medicine when people when we go to GPs and we feel like something is wrong, and they just prescribe you a tablet to cure it when it's an underlying health issue that is wrong with you that can be cured through you know food supplements and other. Things
1: that come into play besides Western medicine, yeah. Mm, absolutely, absolutely, totally agree. So we obviously, you know, you're very much about holistic health, and so are we ever treat yourself. We actually have broken it down into uh, ten pillars. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's so so many different components to to health and well being, um, but we just thought we'd break it down to ten, just so yeah. that we can make it. Um, you know, easy for people to digest and understand the different uh, components. And I yeah. always like to, to ask every person that I interview about their top tip under each of these 10 pillars. I think that it's really important, obviously people listening and getting so much insight and, and wisdom for every person they listen to and some pieces they'll take and other pieces they won't. Um, so I like to ask everybody um, about the 10 pillars. Um, so I always start with mind. I, you'd probably agree to a, to a, certain degree that um, mind is one of the most important pillars. It really does direct mm-hmm. everything that you do. You know, it, it does dictate what you choose to eat. It does dictate, you know, when you go and work out. It, it dictates everything. Mm-hmm. So I like to start with that one. Um, yeah. And the first question I'm going to ask you is what would the number one thing you would do, so say you felt your your mindset dwindling and you're starting to feel anxious or a bit low, what would be the first thing that you would do mm-hmm. to alleviate that
0: for me and with my mind either way I can come back in sort of like two ways that i found is really um is really quite uh, efficient for me so it's either meditation and trying to sit in stillness uh do some breath work within that meditation too or it is literally getting outside of my house or so into nature preferably walking bare feet uh just being in the same frequency as mother earth taking my dog out and sort of just being with like nature and animal energy is really I've found is like really profound for me so either of those two things I think sometimes when your mind starts to dwindle you can just feel like things are closing in on you and getting out into an open space outside in nature can sometimes really make you feel like you can breathe again so either of those Mm -hmm. two things for me is really i found is really good for me to do yeah
1: i think going out in mother nature really puts things in perspective doesn't it
0: yeah exactly
1: yeah with the meditation i'm just going to divert a little bit Mm -hmm. here so you do vedic meditation can you tell us a little bit about that i know a lot of people when it comes to meditation people kind of shy away from it because they don't think that they can do it (laughs) so to speak Uh, you know I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that considering you're quite experienced in it
0: yeah of course so um I was definitely one of those people that used to be uh you know why why would I do meditation like my mind is running like 10,000 miles an hour like I'm never going to be able to do this And so my meditation teacher, Jeff Kober, uh, which is in L.A., I was taught over in L.A., uh, and I love it. Like, he's so good. He said to me, that is exactly why you need to do it. So the people that are saying, you know, I can't because I have so many thoughts, it's exactly the people that need it the most. Um, But it is really just – bedding meditation is – a practice um where you sit two times 20 minutes a day one morning when you wake up and one in the afternoon say between three and four or something like that um and you basically sit with yourself and you sit in a comfortable position and just try to relax and when you are taught and this is why you have to be taught because you are given a mantra um when you're taught over the course of three or four days when you do your Vedic meditation course And you're given a mantra depending on uh, your age and like uh, where you were born and so on and really where you were at in your life. That's how you're given a mantra. Um, And no one else can know that mantra because it's specific for you. You can't tell anyone about it. Uh, No one can know besides from you and your teacher. And then really it's about like those three or four days when you first start meditating, it's really just understanding where the practice comes from what can sort of happen what you can expect and so on um and then it's really just to be honest it comes back to the same thing of like practice makes perfect Mm. and when I say perfect you can never have a perfect meditation like one day you can like come out of your meditation be like oh that was just so good like I feel so awesome that was such a good meditation I was just like head bobbing and I was just really diving in and then the next day or like even the afternoon you can be like fuck like I just (laughs) <laughs> Didn't feel like I dived in very deep, like my mind was everywhere. and But it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like it's a practice of doing something religiously every single day that will keep mm. being able to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And that's why it, 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 it'll probably take like a while before you even feel comfortable with like some people. I know some friends that sit in and have done it, they're like it can be excruciating pain, like literally, because they've never been so intimate with themselves in a way that they just feel like it's torture sitting for 20 minutes still. So, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. So that is really what it's about. But I get how it's, like, it's intimidating for people because they feel like they do need a mantra or, like, how do they do it? And, you know, there's a lot of good apps now that can just sort of help you with some breath work. But really it's just trying to, like, slow down and Mm -hmm. sit and just give time to yourself and try to just, like, switch off and, like, notice – what goes on without attaching to it or without putting judgment towards it and just, yeah, just nurturing yourself on the inside.
1: What would you say that the, like the impact of meditation has been on your life?
0: Oh, like it's been so profound. Um, I used to be a person that just like, I mean, I still have trouble with that. I can't really sit still and I always need to do stuff, but (laughs) that has forced me to sit still at least for two times, 20 minutes a day. And, um, it's just really helped me more and more so on my journey to continue to separate my soul and my my body from not being one and the same thing and yeah. also separating myself as what I truly am from my thoughts because I know that I am not my thoughts. They just mm-hmm. continue to wash in like waves that keeps crushing towards like a shore all the time. You're never going to be able to stop them. They're always going to be. That doesn't matter how profound you become or how awakened, or anything, they're always going to be there because that is how we build. But you get to yeah. a space where you learn more of like not being so judgmental towards them because you know that the thoughts aren't you. So for me that's been like a really big thing, especially with like my inner mean girl with like my body image and stuff like that, to just try to understand that when I hear those voices within myself, it's not actually the true me that's talking to me, it's something else.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's incredible where where would you suggest say someone listening is wanting to go and do more meditation where would you suggest they go or are there any apps that you would suggest or anything like that
0: So I haven't really been using any apps because I really, when I started like meditating, I really dived straight into Vedic meditation. And the reason why I did that was because my mind is like running 10,000 miles an hour all the time. So for me, I really needed something to focus on. And that is why Vedic meditation sometimes can be really good for people because you're given a mantra that you recite over and over again. So it gives your mind something to latch onto, which is really good. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other... Um, apps that are out there great too but sometimes it can be a bit too mm, wide if you can say so like what you need I to worry. focus on, and your mind runs away with oh I need to fold the laundry oh I need to do that whereas the baby meditation just have got this one thing but if there's something that I could say would to try to find meditations that you could even substitute the mantra that I have with something like love you know you can just continue to sit and like beside your head like love 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 and just get your mind to like latch onto that but headspace for example is like a really good um it's a really good app to help you get into meditation it's like really entry level as well and there's some bigger meditations on there but there's definitely like a few apps there which i think is really great for people especially if you don't have a practice at all i think anything will be better than nothing for sure
1: absolutely absolutely i'll write down Hebs- headspace in there uh, in the show yeah. notes as well and also Vedic meditation, I'm sure most people can Google it and find somebody in their area that does, does it. Yeah, so,
0: absolutely.
1: Amazing. So the second pillar I'm going to ask you a question about is nutrition. Um, you share so many delicious recipes on your blog. <laughs> they look so good. What would you say would be the number one, number one thing someone should do to, to keep a healthy diet? Uh, the
0: number one thing to keep a healthy diet is um, I think I'm just going to have to come back to balance. You know, that is really my key word because I'm so trying to be aligned with, you know, having yin in my life and then, you know, yang and and just the really the balance I think is the key word in the world that we live in, like the universe. Everything always comes back to being on a balanced frequency where we operate at our ultimate highest from. So I think it's just like being balanced. Like I think when you tip over to one point, it's like when you're being super restrictive, well, what's going to be the other side of it? It's going to be like mm. letting completely loose. And you don't really want to be on either side of them because I've been on that and it wasn't very joyful whatsoever on each of the spectrums. So I think it's just, you know, wanting to eat as healthy as possible for yourself but also not denying yourself when your body is wanting like, chocolate or if you go out for a dinner or if you go for like a birthday like have fun and don't deny yourself also the experience to you know have social connections because we live in a day and age as well where social connections is very much made over food as well like we have dinner and breakfast and brunches and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. we come together as people over food and and sometimes it's more worth Going to like a birthday and having some cake instead of saying no, going to the birthday and staying at home, becoming depressed because you're lacking in human connection as well. So Mm -hmm. I think just balance is like the best thing that you can have as like a keyword when it comes to health.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that, and it's funny. Like even in the body, like you know, we're we're constantly searching for balance, and so is the body. Like it's constantly searching for a state of homeostasis. Like it, it is. You know, you can always lean, and the pendulum always swings. You know, you're yeah. always you might swing one way and swing back the other, but totally coming back to that place of of balance and doing things from a place of love for yourself is totally, yeah. So such good um, uh, advice to give for yeah. sure. So you've got a great morning routine. I've read lots about that as well. Um, you always seem to be up bright and early, um, moving and getting up. What do you think is the the thing that keeps you most motivated?
0: Um, the feeling of feeling good, I think, is what keeps me motivated. Um, mm. I, I know for myself it's also it comes down to how you are as a person. See, I am a total A person. I love to get up early. I love to do all my stuff in the morning and like around lunchtime but I'm not a nighttime person whatsoever you rarely see me going out at night like I'll stay home and watch a show or read a book or listen to a podcast or something so for me like my morning routine is so vital for me to keep good throughout the day and being able to do all the things that I want to do so The drive of feeling good, it's like, it's a bit like a drug, like you want to feel good, right? So you do these things because you start getting into a routine of being like, well, this equals this. And when this equals this, I feel this way and it makes me feel really great. And when I don't do this, this equals this and this equals this and this makes me feel like crap. So I'm going to choose the better route for myself so for me that is just like you know and 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 that is really what's going to keep you motivated when you don't want to right that's it's not on Mm. these days that you need the motivation it's on the days where you've had a crap sleep or something's happened the day before or you're a bit depressed like that is the carrot that's going to make you get out of bed in the morning knowing how it makes you feel and how it can actually um you know impact you in a really positive way
1: yeah yeah absolutely and I think there's a running theme in this whole conversation it's like do things that make you feel good or focus on how you're going to feel at the end of it which is really awesome yeah
0: absolutely
1: so one of our other pillars is love you know Mm -hmm. that's the love that you have for yourself it's romantic love it's your friendships it's your community Mm -hmm. for somebody that's overcome so much how do you have any self-love practices or how do you show love for yourself or, or focus on doing that
0: yeah um a big thing for me was um I've always been very very independent from a young age because of when my parents got divorced and you know they I know now of being in you know 30 that they just did the very best that they could with what they had available to them but mm-hmm. I don't think that they had the emotional capacity that I was need that I needed from them as a child and you know like I my parents are amazing and they really have done so much from for us my entire life and I have no uh I love them dearly um but they just weren't good at like showing that they loved us, you know, or hearing it. Like the first time my mom told me she loved me was when I was like 19 and I basically forced Mm -hmm. her to tell me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know my mom loves me, but she shows love in a different way and I think this even comes Mm -hmm. back to, you know, not to go too much into but like love languages, right? Like we all show love in a different way and if you don't match on it, then you don't feel the love and so you feel unloved, but it's not necessarily the case. But um to come back to your question of love I think for me a big thing after I got sick and stuff like that and now being with my partner a big thing for me have also allowed myself to be loved by other people in order mm. to also love myself because you can I do think that you can take a lot of learning and lessons from other people loving you and they can teach you how to love yourself because other mm. people that truly love you, see the good things in you, and we are our own worst critics. Like there's always something wrong with us, right? Like, there's always areas where we can do better or look better or something else. And I think mm-hmm. when you find those people in your life that have got a really deep, profound, non-judgmental, all in, in captioning like love for you, they really show you how amazing you are as a person. And if you can start diving into those Spaces and really find a space within yourself as well where you can just have moments of, like, you know what, what they're saying might be true. You know, what if it is true? Like, I'm actually like a really good person or do this really well. Like, you can really start cultivating on those small things and like build mm. on it as well and be like, well, what if I'm going to challenge this? Like, what if my thoughts aren't right about what I'm telling myself? And what about all these like 50 people that I've got in my life are telling me that I'm kind hearted and beautiful? on the outside and the inside, maybe that is true. Maybe I should stop listening to my thoughts. Maybe I should listen about these people. So I think it's also really being able to find a space of vulnerability and letting other people from the outside help you to love yourself and then you can start running more with those things. That for me have been like a really, really huge thing, especially in my relationship that I'm in now because I've always been in very bad relationships and Pash, my partner, is one of the first people that have ever – just love me exactly the way I am through depression, through eating stuff, through anxiety, through anger. Like there isn't a space where he ever judges me for being in. He just Mm. allows me to be in that space and then develop from that. So it's really beautiful when you can find people like that that can really help you level up to the next level of self-development and like your soul's purpose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think as well when people are off, when people tell us things like that, that they like about us and we don't necessarily believe them, we we push them away. Yeah. And you know, obviously, like through your journey, you've obviously come to a place of acceptance of yourself, so you're able to you're able to really see those things as truthful, which is awesome. And it's interesting what you say about the love languages. I feel like this is a topic that's come up so many yeah. times for me lately. <laughs> it's so it's so true and I think the more that we start to understand so anyone who's listening that hasn't heard of the love languages there's a book called the five love languages and each of us needs to be loved in a different way Mm -hmm. and like you know with your parents and we've all been through the stuff with our parents as well I you know obviously your story might be different to to other people's but we've all had some degree of feeling let down or disappointment from our parents and and not being understood or, or accepted or loved and ultimately they're people just going through their own journey and that yeah. they're loving in the way that they know so yeah. yeah it's it's incredible that you've you've been able to to understand that and I think that the more we can really start to realize that the the better our relationships become
0: yeah for sure like I mean I think everything that we go on through here in life is just like an opportunity to learn and grow right mm-hmm. um whether it's it's good or bad things if we choose to label it that way but it's just an opportunity to grow more to be honest mm-hmm.
1: yeah Absolutely, totally. The next pillar I'm going to talk about is purpose. Um, so, really, what drives you or what gets you up in the morning? I think the purpose mm. is so important. Uh, even, you know, it doesn't have to be your job. It could be yeah. anything that you do, but it just kind of gives you a reason to get up in the morning. What is a suggestion if somebody came to you and said, "You know, I don't know what my purpose is, or I don't know what I what I'm passionate about." What would you? What piece of advice would you give to them? <laughs>
0: I would probably get them to try to see what excites them, like what really lights a bit of a fire in their belly. And sometimes people can say, you know, the strangest things like, well, I really like to reorganise my home or like I get a kick out of doing the laundry, you know. And I think a lot of us can look at it in a very way of, well, let's just take career for example. I can't do laundry for like a career or you know as per say I can't do like organisation for career but I think it's like diving beneath those things and like really sort of like picking out what are the aspects of these things that really makes you light up from the inside like what is it that mm-hmm. makes you feel accomplished what is it that makes you feel like when you're doing that you you feel purposeful in some sort of way because all through last year like that was actually being 29 that was my hardest year struggling through what I like I didn't understand my place in this life and only the last sort of like three or four months I really feel like I finally had like a turnaround point where I'm like yeah I know what I want to do I want to know I want to do this this is what lights me up this is my purpose this is why I went through this this is so it all just Mm -hmm. starts like falling into place and I think something I was thinking about the other day is also that we live in a world today where you know we've got entrepreneurs that are like 13 years old that have built like a multi-million dollar company right and then you're sitting here being 30 and I'm like oh like I've got like a dollar in my bank account right <laughs> so people yeah. are like well shouldn't I have figured out my purpose or what I want to do with my life already or shouldn't I have figured out what uh who I am or you know something so we put a lot of pressure on ourselves all the time and I think what we just got to come back to is that we're all different and that's a really mm-hmm. great thing um And we all develop in different areas and at different speeds and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people just take longer to figure out what their purpose is or what really makes them feel alive in this world. And as I truly believe, and there's a purpose for that too, you know, there's a purpose for that because there might be still more learning to be had or growth to be had before you actually come into that realisation point. But I'm 100% certain that it will come. And I'm only saying mm-hmm. this because all of last year, like I was so depressed that I sometimes couldn't get out of bed because I just was mm-hmm. like, well, like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know why am I doing all this stuff? Like I just don't feel like anything is like sticking. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. And you just start, it's not going to be like one day you're going to like hit a wall and be like, whoa, I know what I want to do. But <laughs> it's just like small things that start to shift within you, right? Like you start noticing more things that sort of start to go up and then before you know it, like you have have this huge, great picture where it's like, wow, you know that, and you know, wow, that, and I think it's also surrounding yourself with individuals that can challenge your thinking and doesn't just like, you know, say what you want to hear. So it's also choosing the people that you surround yourself with. So yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and it, it like it is very much trusting in the process. I'm, my mum used totally. to always say to me, "Trust in the process of life, Kate." And I'm like, no, but I that. want to know. Who- yeah what i'm doing (laughs) now it's like you know you might not realize what you want to do actually my mum's an example of that she um was in corporate until she was about 50 and then decided one day she was like i want to help people obviously it had been over time she'd realized and then she quit her job and became a nurse and now she's a nurse like it's never it's never too late you know um and you know the fact that you you had such hardship last year and you didn't know what your purpose was but through reflection and being able to look within yourself you came to realize that you wanted to help people with their health and wellness struggles mm-hmm. I just it's yeah it's so awesome yeah. very cool and very very good um insight for our listeners as well um so me time <laughs> obviously yeah. that's a big one our boxes that we sell are very much about yeah. taking time out for you having a routine is important as we've already spoken about how do you fit me time into your week when you're doing study and you're doing all your other bits and pieces
0: yeah um I think um you know my morning routine is very much like that like my meditations in the morning and afternoons are very much me time that I do for myself which is uh very uh, non-negotiables and also like night times you know I think I've sort of like learned to um say no I'm getting better at saying no because I'm a massive yes person that definitely catches up with me sometimes like I've got the busiest day today and I'm sort of like "Ah," because I've said (laughs) yes to everything because I want to be there for everyone but then sometimes you definitely forget about yourself and it's not always and and I think you know we as a society also very much uh, credits and applaud being busy and being stressful and saying yes to things and being everywhere but I don't think it should be because if we aren't our best selves and if we don't turn our attention inwards either, like we can't actually do all the things that we want to do and we can't put our best foot forward. So I think it should okay. be important more to be taking more time for yourself and really doing, if you know it's going to be better for you to say no to going to a birthday and staying home that night so you can be there tomorrow for something else, I think that should be Okay, and it shouldn't be questioned. And I think also if you do have the right people in your life, they will understand that. So it's a bit of a mix with everything, right? So yeah, for me, me time has just become. It's it was hard in the beginning, but it's definitely just become like a thing now. And like not like I just I just need me time. Like even with my boyfriend, we were just in Bali recently, and I said to him, I was like. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go and wander the streets for like two hours. He's like, yeah, sweet, okay, see you later. Like, even yeah. though I'm in a relationship, a romantic relationship, where he's literally like my other half, and we are I can tell him anything, I'm really not uncomfortable with anything with him. Mm-hmm. I still need mm-hmm. his time alone for myself because um, mm-hmm. I just need to be with myself and not have anyone else around me. So, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 that's so true. And digest your thoughts and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Totally. He sounds like a very supportive partner.
0: (laughs) I am very, very lucky. He is a wonderful soul, and he have got like a huge, big heart. Yeah, I'm very lucky.
1: Yeah. Oh, so nice. Mm -hmm. With sleep, I know that you said you like to go to bed early, and you're not you're a morning person. What is your bedtime bedtime routine like? Do you have a specific routine that you do or ritual before you go to bed?
0: Yes, I do. I normally have a shower before bed because I find it quite relaxing and just sort of prepares me a bit for bed. So I have a shower before bed and then I also spray uh, magnesium oil uh, on my body all over just because it helps my my muscles to relax. Um, I am with a company called Urban Natural Health, which is amazing. They're a small run business and does yeah. 100% Australian um salt spray magnesium that is made here in Australia over in Perth and I put that on my body every single night before I go to bed for my gut as well to help rebuild my gut as well because I've still got gut issues and then just to like relax my bed because I'm a very light sleeper and I don't I'm not a good sleeper at all uh, I used to suffer a lot from insomnia and that can still sort of trickle, soon, trickle in in. So I always do that before bed, and then I pray before bed every night on my knees. Uh, I was born Christian, but don't practice my religion. I don't. I believe in God, but whatever that is for you, whether it's the universe, I just think it's a name. But I pray mm-hmm. before going to bed every night about for myself, for the people I care about, for the world. Uh, that's something very non-negotiable for me. Like my meditations, so it just makes me feel connected to. The bigger picture in the world I think and yeah. uh, then I have a cuddle with my with my dog probably in bed and normally I go to bed at the same time my boyfriend give him a kiss and just try to be as grateful as I can for living the life that I do even though it's still hard you know like everyone else probably lives a hard life as well but just try to be grateful for what I have and, and cultivate some greatness in my heart also uh, oh, sorry, gratefulness in my heart yeah
1: yeah, I love that. I love that so, and I love that you say that you pray before bed, even though you're not religious. I think a lot of people associate prayer with yeah. religion. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I, that's awesome. Yeah. What kind of dog? What kind of dog do you have?
0: <laughs> we dog? have a cocker spaniel, uh, Archie. Oh, we rescued him last year in April, and oh. he, he is the best thing ever. He came into my life at such a right time. He just I've always grown up with dogs, but I've never had a connection to a dog. I've got with Archie, and it's funny. I've I am very much believing in you know spirituality and so on. I had a reading not that long ago with a very great medium, and um, she was also saying that you know Archie really come into my life to to direct me and and he was very much like a human soul as well and had been a human before and it's funny because he's always on his back legs like he doesn't like to be on four legs so he's always like standing up on his back legs too but he's just got like there's just something about him he is just really good at helping me with my anxiety and when I have anxious periods like he'll come and lay on my stomach and like put mm-hmm. his paw like up here and stuff and he's sort of like really specific with things that you wouldn't notice unless you would have him all the time so he's yeah. just such a godsend like i mean he's absolutely amazing
1: yeah oh that's so good that's so amazing dogs are just the best they really are like therapy and it's yeah totally. so good that he's so so in tune with you as well
0: yeah
1: awesome so self care what is we've kind of touched on this but you know one self care mm-hmm. practice i'm assuming that, that would be your meditation.
0: Yeah, self-care. But I mean, like, if we take something a bit more like I love self-care in the sense of also like I love to do face masks all the time. I think that's super yeah. like relaxing and just like sitting on the couch. Uh and I normally totally. do like three a night or something. So I'm super oh, into yeah. my skincare. Yeah, natural skincare is like my thing. I love it. Yeah. So I think that's a really beautiful self care, but I also think self care is very much like you know journaling and mm-hmm. uh giving yourself space to feel whatever needs to be felt and um going for a walk like spending time outside in nature going for swim training you know just doing whatever makes you feel good as well I think it's like self-care in itself yeah
1: absolutely absolutely I love that you do face masks I absolutely love them I feel like I can <laughs> make straight away yeah they're so good <laughs>
0: Totally.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm lucky that my job um, means that I get to try lots of different face masks yeah. all the time it's so fun to yeah. try so much
0: different all the time yeah
1: yeah it's awesome all right and last but not least fun what is your favorite thing to do for fun
0: um what's my favorite thing to do for fun um I love love to go out for like you know breakfasts and dinners and stuff like that probably breakfast and like lunches like that's that's fun for me because I love to try different things and like get inspiration for like my recipes and I love to I love to exercise. like I find that fun, you know, Like I genuinely love to move my body and I love to play with my dog and I love to spend time with my boyfriend. And just it's nothing it's nothing special to be honest. It's just it's very normal things if you can say so that just makes me have fun in life. Like I love I love what I do for a living. Like I find that fun. I think as soon as it stopped being fun, I wouldn't do it, and that's always also been a key word in my life in this all like the last five years at least is that if it doesn't bring joy and spark joy, like to recite like my Marie Kondo, if it doesn't spark joy, like what's the point of doing it, right? Because we yeah. are so lucky that we live in a day and age now that um, we have opportunity to do so much different stuff so we're never like buckled down to doing the same thing for the rest of our lives like Mm -hmm. you know our parents might have felt that they needed to stay in one job and then that job for the rest of their lives like if we don't like one thing we can just change and do something tomorrow you know it's really up to ourselves so I think my key word is like if it doesn't make me feel good and makes it feel fun on some sort of level then Mm -hmm. I'll probably like just not really do it. Although I still clean and it's not that fun, but, <laughs> that's but you like you like the outcome of it though. <laughs> exactly, yeah,
1: exactly. It's funny, when you were saying when you were talking about that, we really are so lucky to be living in this time. Like we just have so much opportunity around us, don't yeah. we? And just so much ability to to do the things that we we like. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely something to be grateful for. Totally. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I know we had a couple of technical glitches, so hopefully,
0: <laughs> hopefully it's it.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I've been checking that multiple times to make sure <laughs> the record button was first. Uh, me and technology just aren't are the best, but yeah. So if people are looking to to find you, where can they find you? Social links, website, that kind of yeah. thing.
0: So I mainly hang out at my Instagram account, Caroline H. Groth, and I also have a website under the same name. Uh, you can find both my Instagram and website on each of the separate ones, but those are sort of like my main two things that I hang out on. And, yeah, I do a few different podcast interviews here and there, uh, but those are my main sort of social medias where you can where you can catch me and hopefully I'll still be doing my health coaching uh a lot more this year so if anyone wants to work with me you know feel free to chat with me about if i can help you with your goals
1: yeah amazing and i'll definitely write all of your details in the show notes yeah. as well so anyone listening yeah. and you want to find carolina we linked um linked uh addresses uh, social media pages and stuff in the show notes yeah
0: thank you so That's much good. and thank you for having me this was such an awesome conversation so i love yeah, it i'm so, so very inspired <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. thank you awesome. thanks so much thank you
1: I'm sure that you'll agree that Caroline's health journey and the experiences she shared are so courageous and she is just such a positive shining light. I hope you've enjoyed listening along today and I would love for you to leave me a review if you'd be so kind. It really helps me to know that I'm on the right track and that you're enjoying the content. Thank you so much for joining me again guys. I really appreciate all of your support and I will see you next week.